This is Beyond This Earth. Well, folks, the election is not over yet. It seems to be not over yet. We'll start with the numbers concerning the presidential election so far as of this recording, which is Wednesday, and we'll do an update later on in the broadcast. But if you think you see it as a bonus, you'll have to listen to the other to the main show in the weekend. But here are the election day results. The most important one is the Electoral College. I have NBC, CBS, and ABC giving the Electrical College numbers at 225-224 for one of the network to Biden, while Trump in almost all of the networks are still at 213 with 270 need to go so he is down by at least 60 53 votes where some have given biden arizona but that's not complete so right now by the state count by both leaning towards the candidate and those that are not leading which means there's like six states left i have trump leading by 24 states to 23 states for Biden. In the states, one outside of 50, these are the ones that are not counted with the lead in. Trump is leading by 22 states to 19 states. This is on Wednesday's count. Wednesday's count will change. Then we have the population count. That's how many people actually voted for each candidate. Biden is leading by about 2 million votes. That, uh, so those 2 million votes will change once they have the rest of the votes counted in. So far right now, what we have in play, some of the networks have in play, Arizona, um, uh, Nevada, uh, Pennsylvania, Georgia, North Carolina, Wisconsin, and Michigan. Um, Michigan, Wisconsin, and Pennsylvania will have to start recounting their ballots at this particular time. Um, Pennsylvania is going to recount at 10 o'clock Eastern. That's, you know, that was on Wednesday. And, um, others are being counted. Fulton County, uh, Georgia will be counted there as well. I want to get to that Senate race there because they had a 20 man, woman, woman and man Senate race in that particular race so they will have another runoff and that runoff will take place on december 5th let's go to some of the house race the house races there um a lot of the networks called for the democrats to hold on to the seats they will at least get 220 seats they wanted 230 seats they're not going to get anywhere near 206 seats the republicans held a lot of seats in the house they said they had a plus five. They needed plus 13. They didn't get it. The Democrats did not get plus 13. However, it will be Pelosi holding on to the House uh, um, chair. With the Senate races, the Republicans are scheduled to hold on to the uh, Senate. They had 25 seats open. Um, the Republicans are going to hold on to some seats. The Democrats lost the seat and gained the seat. But 
it came out in a wash, an absolute wash. The Republicans won 19 won 19 governorships. The Democrats won 20. The Democrats didn't gain anything in the road. They actually lost seats in the um, governor's chair so far concerning that. I'm going to talk about some of the Senate races and some of those days, especially that Georgia race that is going to be run off. That is going to be an important race later on. So we're going to talk about that as well. I'll get to the exit polls later on. Now, the more pressing issue, and the final numbers also, most pressing issue was in the, some of the battleground states, they had some poll questions. And so I'm going to do some of the poll questions there. We're going to start with Philadelphia and Pennsylvania in particular. They had two particular questions, both in Allegheny County and in Pennsylvania, that had questions concerning about citizens' police boards. This is over the recent incidents that have taken place with police and African American, um, African American suspects. They that were treated unfairly. So, in the battleground states in both Pennsylvania, both Pittsburgh and Philadelphia, had poll questions concerning about the citizens' police board. In Philadelphia, the Citizens Police Board passed with a 74 percentile. And in Pittsburgh, the same vote was 84 percentile. So there will be a new group for politicians police boards for both Allegheny County in Pittsburgh and Philadelphia County, as you know, is Philadelphia. Um, there is a victim's advocate office. They voted that in for Philadelphia. That's 84% to 15. And the stop and frisk is no longer going to be used in Philadelphia as well. They will no longer use stop and frisk. It passed with a 78-21 no on that one. So let's get to Florida. Florida had an amendment one, the amendment one passed. Amendment two, 15 an hour increase. It is leaning towards yes. Amendment three, a jumbo primary. Everybody votes for any candidate. That is leaning towards no. They're not going to have that one there for those particular entities in that particular state. Concerning Arizona, marijuana legalization it is a yes. It is 59% to a no 40%. Taxes on incomes more for 25000 for teachers' salaries in schools. It is leaning towards yes, 52 to 47. Here are the other poll questions. This is starting with California. Will they send out a bond for stem cell research? This is a yes. It is 51 to 48%. A tax of commercial and industry for education and student loan lending. I don't have those numbers at this particular time. I will update them later. The repeal of the AA amendment. It will not be repealed. It is leaning towards no. Voting rights restoration for people, for persons on parole amendment. That is leaning towards yes. Voting for 17-year-old amendment, no. Rent control, yes. We don't have any information about an abortion ban that was said in Cali, or I got that particular one wrong. And paid medical and family leave, I don't have that information on me yet. 
Declaratory relief for Georgia also came in. That is leaning towards yes. No legal right to an abortion in the Louisiana Constitution. That is a yes. It was 62% to 39% no. That was for the poll questions on those particular states. Then I continue with other states that have poll questions. Sports betting in Maryland is now legal. It is 67 to 33. The results are fully in at 74%. State flag will be changed in Mississippi. 71% to 28, 93 precincts entering. Ranked choice voting did not make it in Massachusetts. 54% to 45, no. 86% of the precincts reporting. Michigan search warrant for electronic data that passed with a yes, 88 to 11%. It was overwhelming with 67, 69% of the precincts reporting. Montana, they had voted here for legalization and legal age. I only have legalization here. Legalization passed 57.5% to 42.5%. Rhode Island name change amendment, yes. 52% to 47% with all the precincts reporting. South Dakota has passed a marijuana legalization and medical marijuana initiative they have both passed with 85% of the precincts reporting, 53% on the legalization, yes, 46, no. Legal mar marijuana initiative, 69% to 30%. That's a yes on that one. Utah gender neutral constitutional language, that passed with a yes, 58% to 41%. Sex education in public schools passed with a yes in Washington referendum, 90 at 59% to 40% with 87% of the precincts reporting. And as citizen requirement in Alabama also passed with a yes, 22% uh, say no, 77% say yes with precincts reporting. I have other interesting news concerning marijuana as well as we get to them in a minute. Here's the rest of them for um, not Arizona, but Alabama. They had two amendments, Amendment 5 and Amendment 6, dealing with firearms. It provides a stand-your-ground law applicable to individuals in churches in Franklin County and Lauderdale County. Both are leaning towards yes. It's actually a yes all the way through. So they are allowed to do bring firearms into churches in both Franklin County and Lauderdale County. Um, let's see here. Arizona for marijuana. Legalized recreational possession and use of marijuana. Like I said earlier, that passed. Continuing on, some interesting one in Arkansas. It changes term limits to 12 consecutive years for legislators with the opportunity to return after a four-year break. That passed. Um, direct democracy and state legislators, that did not pass. Now, California, some of them have gone through, but one interesting one here has to do with Uber and Lyft. Proposition 22, it considers app-based drivers to be independent contractors and enacts several labor policies related to app-related businesses that pass in California. So that is somewhat considered a defeat for um, Uber, Lyft, and other particular entities of note. 
and it could be expanded to the rest of the country if this becomes successful for the state. So it's a very interesting thing for the unions or, or, or some sort of uh, entities as, as it were concerning that. Opposition 20 is making changes to policies related to criminal sentencing charges, prison release, and DNA collection. That did not pass, or that is leaning towards that did not pass. Um, one of them is trials for Proposition 25. That is leaning towards a no, so they are not going to replace cash bail in California, which is somewhat a defeat for those that wanted to get rid of cash bail, which is one of the things they're doing for the... Um, reforming of jails and all the rest of it as well colorado gambling is now allowed there they have amended constitution the only a citizen they can vote in federal state and local elections today every citizen is only a citizen and that is a pass so that's an interesting move there um Here's a strange one. Reintroduces Great Wolves on public lands. This is Proposition um, 114, the Great Wolf Reintroduction Initiative, and it is looking towards a, leaning towards a yes. It's leaning towards a yes, so the Great Wolves are coming back. Just to let y'all guys know. Oh, this is the one for Colorado. Prohibits abortion in 22 weeks, distensional age. That did not pass. It is a no, 59% to 40%. So that is not going to pass in um, Colorado. Florida, I mentioned one pass. Minimum wage will not pass. Elections, two top president, not going to pass. Voter approved constitutional amendments to be approved by votes of the second election, not going to pass. Then they had two taxes there. Now, administration of government, I mentioned earlier, that will pass. Constitution question for Iowa, that is not going to pass. Louisiana, I mentioned abortion there. I said it will be no right to abortion or abortion funding in the state constitution. That will not, that will pass. So there is no right to abortion in of Louisiana. Let's see. Gambling passed. In Maryland, I mentioned that before. Michigan, they had parks and law enforcement, no information there. Mississippi, marijuana, that will pass. In Missouri, elections and redistribution measures, they passed the campaign finance issue, but will not do a term limits one. So they flip-flop on that one. Montana, I mentioned. So in Nebraska, they had two. One of them says about Amendment 1, repairs language allowing slave or involuntary servitude as criminal punishments. That passed. Others of the particular ones dealing with gambling, they have a tax, they authorize games, and they change the Constitution to allow games of chance on licensed racetracks. So here is the one for Nevada. An interesting question here. Right now, marriage regardless regardless of gender amendment, it is leaning towards yes, 61 to 38. That's a marriage question. So it's same-sex marriage and all the other particulars with that one. 
So that one is leaning towards yes. New Jersey, marijuana, the legalization of marijuana has passed in New Jersey. So New Jersey, it's no longer a crime to smoke weed. And a couple of constitutional amendments for New Mexico, a three-member appointing commission, which passed, amends the constitution to adjust the date of the election in terms for non-statewide hot office holders that passed. And there was a whole bunch of bond information there. Um, Oregon, drug crime policy and healthcare, measure 1110. This is Oregon. It decriminalizes possession of certain drugs and establishes a drug addiction treatment and recovery program funded by the state marijuana tax revenue. That passed. How much did it pass by? 58 to 49, 1 million, two votes in Oregon. So any hard drug in Oregon has passed you it is no it is it is legal to have hard drugs in um in oregon crazy rhode island which was the constitutional language question they changed the name south dakota i mentioned earlier utah i mentioned earlier um, redistributing uh, commission amendment and motor vehicle tax exemption. Nobody has any information on that one. Washington referendum 90. I already mentioned that they have all the other taxes there. Wisconsin had a Marcy law amendment, which is as a Marcy's law to the Wisconsin constitution. Marcy's Law is an organization to a certain country for crime victims and the state for all 50 constitutions in the U.S. Constitution. And this is for protection of um, victims, which they are trying to make into a constitutional amendment. That also leaves Wyoming, which is a public works and government finances, removing the constitutional limit for creation of sewage systems. We don't have that one there. Then the initiative law to hear for DC ballot measures, it declares their investigations and arrests to non-commercial prices with ethnogenic plants and fungi among the lowest law offenses priorities. This is the initiative. That initiative is looks like it is going to pass in the District of Columbia. So they're not worried about all these other things that aren't connected to weed. Then they have ballot measures in Puerto Rico statehood referendum. As voters about seeking about statehood, the referendum is it is leaning towards yes, with 88% of the precincts reporting. That's a shock. And then as voters about asking a constitutional convention for the U.S. Virgin Islands, that is about to pass. So we're going to have some very interesting <laughs> things going to come down. That's some interesting stuff coming down from Puerto Rico and um, the U.S. Virgin Islands. That's some interesting stuff there. So let's get to this main one. Some of the Senate races that were important. We're going to try and focus on the battleground states. I want to start with Florida first because Florida was one of those states that was going to be a 
wild one here can i find florida here with um all these states in the background um these are the house results so i'm gonna start with a house results matt gase is gonna stay in neil dunn staying in rutherford carmack um michael waltz and bill posey stay in al lawson murphy DeSoto, lemming staying there Webster won Florida 11, Florida 12 to go Baracus, Franklin Buchanan, Madison Stube, Donalds, Hastings, so Frankel Dooch, Dusby Warnerman Schultz. They said that she had a little bit problems there. Floor 23's borrow Collie, I believe, with 90% in. It's gonna be Schultz. They're gonna continue there. There's some interesting things here in Florida 26 and Florida 27. I have Carlos Guitimenez 51% with 94% of the precincts in. He is winning. He's 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 close to winning the race. And then Donna Shalala, you know him from the Clinton administration. She is in deep shit. Maria Alvarez Salazar has a lead in 51%. That is absolutely crazy. That's Miami Dade, I believe, four to twenty-seven. That is absolutely crazy that Donna Shalala is in trouble in this. So four to twenty-six and four to twenty-seven. Those have not been decided. It is still too close to call. They might be both turnovers. This is the reasons why they said it wasn't going to be a good day in Florida at all at all let's go to ohio for a moment here house results here right now over here in the in the republican side steve chabot in a close race with k schroeder they haven't called the match they haven't called it yet. we have winstrup jim jordan latia bill johnson gibbs mike turner mary copter from the democrats fudge but Balderson, Tim Ryan, Joyce, Seavers, and Gonzalez. So the latter two were Republicans, and so they pretty much hold on the race, and it's pretty much, it's going to end up in that particular sense there. I want to go to Pennsylvania. I know it a little bit more by heart. So here's some interesting things now. Brian Pispatrick is going to win the race against Finello. He's coming back. Pennsylvania won. He wins that race. Brendan Boyle going to win his race in Pennsylvania too. Dwight Evans, that's in Philadelphia. That's Pennsylvania three. He's going to win his race. John Edmonds is not going to make it. It's Hulanen who will win that race. Mary Gay Gannon will win her race in Pennsylvania five. There's some close races in Pennsylvania seven and Pennsylvania eight, I believe. The Republicans look like they have a lead in both of Pennsylvania 7 and Pennsylvania 8. Scott Perry will win Pennsylvania 10, it looks like. Muser Smucker, Keller, John Joyce, Rain Grizzard Dick, Glenn Thompson, Mike Kelly going to win that race. Um, it looks like in Pennsylvania 17, it will be Steve Parnell who will win that race. Mike Doyle wins the race in Pennsylvania 18. So close races from there.
I want to focus on Arizona. This is going to be hell on earth right now. It is so close. I don't know who will win Arizona. Right now, in the Senate results, Mark Kelly has a lead. It's too close. Uh, Marta Miss Sally had only held on to this race because they put her in. Mark Kelly ran, but it looked like it was going to be Mark Kelly, Joe Biden, but they're telling me that Trump won that race. So it's a split between those two that I'm seeing right now. This is the other house results. There's just very small amounts of Arizona they could play, so like seven or eight counties. So in those counties, we have Tiffany Shedd, who is down against Tom O'Hiraghan. Anchor Patrick, 57%. Arizona, three, Guevara, uh, Guevara. Uh, Arizona, four, Goldsar. Arizona, five, Beggs. Arizona, six, no determination, but the Democrat has the lead there, and the Republican has the lead in Arizona, eight, with Lebsey Desco. Arizona, seven, 73%. For Gallego and Greg Stanton wins his race in Arizona nine. So there was nine out there. The Senate race is too close to call, and the presidential race is also too close to call. I want to go to Georgia. There was a 20 person race. 20 person race. Let's start off with the Senate results. Purdue gonna win it here. He's going to win it here. Now, the House results, there were just too many people in the race. Now, I want you to listen carefully here because some of it is not showing here. Georgia won. Buddy Carter won his side. Sanford Bishop won that one. It was updated like 50 minutes ago. He won that one in Georgia, too. Georgia, three, Drew Ferguson. Georgia, four, Hank Thompson. That Georgia won race, I think it's Georgia won. That's a 20-woman, 20 20-person 20 race. That will have to be decided on the 5th. Lucy McBath and is still too close to call. Georgia 5, Nikaya Williams won her race. Austin Scott won his race in Georgia 8. Georgia 7, too close to call. It's leaning towards the Democrat, but Rich McCormick might still have votes left. Um, Jordy Heiss wins her race in Georgia 10. Georgia 9, Andrew Clyde. Georgia 11, Barry Lodermilk. Georgia 12, Rick Allen. Georgia 13, David Scott. Georgia 14, Majority Taylor Green, Republican, 49%, no, no, 74%, excuse me, on that particular one. I want to go to, let's see here, Virginia, because there was some craziness in the early parts. Mark Warner's going to hold for the Democrat, is going to win for the Democrats. Um, It was kind of weird, and it was set up weird, but the votes came in in the other parts of the state. House results are Virginia won, it did, but a lot of the other results are too close to call in many of the other races. That's why we had some issues with those particular races, but it is pretty much going to be a Democrat victory in that particular area. 
I want to go to North Dakota Nets because that one is still too close to call. And right now, the Senate result for Tom Hillis is 48% and Donald Trump is 51. Governor, it looks like it's going to be Senator Republican, President Republican in North Carolina, but Governor Democrat, but 90% are in. House results pretty much looking like Greg Murphy won in North Carolina 3, Virginia Fox in North Carolina 5, North Carolina 7, Hauser, North Carolina 8, Hudson, North Carolina 9, Bishop, North Carolina 10, Patrick McHenry, North Carolina 11, Mason Cawthorn, you know him, and um, Alan Allen was unopposed 12, uh, North Carolina 6, Manning, North Carolina 4, David Price, North Carolina 2, Deborah Ross in North Carolina won. J.K. Butterfield won that race as well. So interesting stuff there. Two more to go. I want to focus on Michigan and um, Wisconsin, and that will be it for all the results before we get to the poll. Uh, um, the information we have, the data we have now, still too close to calling the presidential results. Surprisingly enough. John James is winning the race in his Senate seat against David Peters, African-American ma uh, male who was in it. Trump was supporting him and all the rest of it. So interesting enough, a black Republican is winning this race here. House results, Michigan, um, Jake Bergman is winning his race. Bill Hotziger is winning his race. Michigan three, too close to call. Well, it's not really too close to call, but Peter Major is leading. John Moore had to winning that race. Tim Kelly, it, it looks like it's leading towards the Democrat. Uh, Kidley, Michigan sits, leaning towards Fred Upton. Michigan seven, Tim Wahlberg, the Republican, is leading. Michigan eight, Paul Gung is not, no, it's Alyssa Slotkin leading. Andy Levin has won his race, they called it. Lisa McCain, Michigan 10, winning this race. Michigan 11, Haley Stevens winning the race. Debbie Dingle winning her race, Michigan 12. Talisha Talib winning her race over Dunhaver. Brenda Lawrence, Michigan 14. Winning her race, Wisconsin's Ness. Next. So far, too close to call. House results first in the present. Um, Wisconsin won. Stell's winning his race. Wisconsin two, Pocan winning his race. Wisconsin three, too close to call. Kind leaning towards Ron Kind. Wisconsin four, won by Glenn Moore, Democrat. Wisconsin five, Scott Fitzgerald. Wisconsin six, Glenn Grothman. Wisconsin seven, Tom Tiffany. Tom Matt Gallagher. Wisconsin eight, winning it. Those four are Republicans. The only one being close is Wisconsin three. That is. Ron Kahn versus Derek Orden. It is too close to call for that one. I want to go to the exit polls next. Exit polls so far. I have to go to the back here. All the networks use the same exit polls. 
So any exit polls, they had the race in these particular setups between male, female race, and then differences between race or the differential between races in the male side. It was Biden 48 female 56 Trump 49 43 females. So it was 56 43 female for Biden 49 48 for Trump in the male side. When it came to race, when it came to race, it was those that voted who were white, it was 57%. Black, this is Republican side, 12% for black, 32% Latino. Asian was 31%. Auto was at 40%. In the Democratic side, who were white, 42, 87% black, 66% Latino. Asian was at 63. Auto was at 38. Biden needed to get 90. He did not get 90. He only got 87% and Trump took 12. That means that this vote is going to go really, really, really close. When they looked at the overall polls concerning white and non-white, if 42% voted Democrat who were white, 57% voted Republican, non-white is 72, 26 is usually between 80-85%. So at 72%, it is going to be a close race. This is such by race. White men voted overwhelmingly Republican, 58 to 40. White women was 55%. No change from 2016. Out of the 33% responded, it was 43-55. Black men, 18% to 80%. Black women, 91% Democrat, 8% Republican. So he got 22% overall in the black person vote, which is a humongous number. It's actually 20-something? 26%? That's crazy. He needed 26% and he got it. It's somewhere near that number. He got at least 12%. He needed 12, 15%. He got it. Trump did. Latino men, 36% voted R, 61% voted D. Latino movement was 70%, 28%. All other races was a 60%, 37% Republican. Which age group, 18 to 29, 35% voted for the Republicans, 62% Democrats, 30 to 50, 44, 52, 45. That's close. It starts to switch over at 45, 64, 50, 49. Too close to call for the 45, the 64-year-olds, and 65 and over, 51 to 48%, 65 of order. To the which group, uh, age group you belong this is the demographic for the 18 to 49 year olds just usually for television d voted 18 for 24 56 to 41 percent democrat for plus 45 50 49 percent plus 45 for the republicans which age group they now went by age group completely so 
here's an interesting stat for you here. The majority of it go uh, Democrat for those that are 18 to 49. Once they reach 50, it turns Republican, but only by 51% on both. The other side had 48 within race. This was crazy enough to say. So with the whites, it was 1849, 38 to 44, 45 to 59, 60 plus. Whites, it was Republican all the way through 51, 57, 60, and 56. So there is a huge contingent white 18 to 29 voted R, and that's big. Now, black 18 to 29 overwhelmingly went Democrat. Black 30 to 54, he needed to pull off at least 20. He got 19, Donald Trump. So he got 19 and 10 and a 7. So those of them that were... uh, 30 to 54 and 45 a day, he needed to get... 20 and 9, he got 19 and 10. So tr- this race is much closer in the because of the way the black community got skewed here. Here was a, it was a more even even kill here, but it still went Democrat. But there was significant numbers that went to the Republicans 18 uh, from, from 18 to 29, all the way to 60 in the Latino side, all other. It was 5937 Democrat. But a lot of them white was pretty much leaned Republican the whole way. Those of them we're talking about education now. Never attended college, 51% voted Republican, 48 Democrat, attended college, no degree. It leans towards the Democrats. Associate degree. This was close. 49-48, this was close, and it leaned, leaned Republican. Bachelor's degree, 51-46, Democrat, and advanced degree, 62-36, Democrat. The last grade of school completed, those that had college graduates voted Democrat, 55-42, those that had no college degree, it was split down the middle. You can say it was maybe 1%, but um, it's leaning towards Republican. Education by race, tied down the middle. White college graduates, 49 even. White non-college graduates, 64 to 35. Non-white college graduates, 71, 27. Non-white non-college graduates, 72% Democrat. Huh. That's also crazy, but they still did. This is education by sets of those who are white. One woman college graduates voted for. Are you ready for this? It was split, but it leaned Republican. Again, 50 to 49. Non-college graduates leaned Republican. Republican, 60 to 39%. White men college graduates, 50, 48 Democrat. White men non-college graduates, 67, 30 Republican. Non-whites, 72% to 25, 26% Democrat. No matter how you voted today, what you lose it as 
Democrat 94 sits, Republican 93 did, independent or something else. It was 54-40. Then they were talking about what are they, liberal, moderate, conservative. So it was 89-84% conservative who voted R on this particular side. Then he got some 10% who voted who were liberals that went to 10% as a protest vote. Then they went by family income. You can see all the family incomes in there. Pretty much it was, interestingly enough, this went Democrat all the way through. All the way through went Democrats. So all of it went through to Democrats, which makes this a much closer race, except the ones that were making uh, $100,000 to nearly $2,000. It was 57%, 41%. Interesting enough, and then total family income under four under fifty thousand dollars, it went to the Democrats, and above that it went to the Democrats as well. Total family income, it was a hundred thousand dollars or more. It went to the Republicans. Under that, it went to the Democrats. Then they have another statue with all the other particulars as well still went to the Democrats for two of the sections, and one of them is for the de uh, the larger um, uh, tax bracket went up for the Republicans. Under 18 children living at home, those that voted Republican was 46 to 51. No, it was 49, 48, but it was much closer than people realized. Men with children voted Democrat 51 to 46, women with children 52 to 46, men without children went to the Republicans. Women without children went to the Democrats. Those that were married voted Republican. Those that were not married voted Democrat. Gender my marital status. It's a whole list here. Married men, 53%. Married women, 55%. And went to the Republicans. Non-married women and non-married women, 50 and 62, went to the Democrats. Do you work for full-time for pay? That went to the Republicans. And the others that didn't go full-time went to the Democrats. Does anyone in your household belong to a labor union? Interestingly enough, 40%, a good polarity went to the Republicans, but it was still Democratic both on each side. So they went to um, religion. The Catholics, Protestants, and other Christians voted R. Those that were, they didn't have enough information for Jewish, Muslim, and other, but they put some on other, so it was 52 did. Republican, none, they had... 36%, 58 that went to the Republicans. I mean, the Democrats, excuse me. They had religion combined on each side here. So all the exit poll information on all different websites, but I just wanted to show some of those particular ones there. I'm sorry I went a little too long, so let's make this 45 minutes and end it here because a lot of the things will be shortened on that particular side. Again, still too, co too close to call in Michigan, still too close to call in Wisconsin. It's now too close to call in Arizona, still too close to call in Georgia, still too close to call in Pennsylvania, still too close to call in Nevada. 
and we will not have any more information until I have another recording in um, on Friday. And then we'll update it in information when we do the our main recording for the show on Friday. So, folks, we're going to be here for a while. They won't do final counts. There could be lawsuits. Some of the things that were in play may be out of play, may come back into play. You never know because I'm seeing some stuff. I'm not, I'm not surprised. I'm seeing some stuff that is leading me towards there's going to be some recounts. There may not be recounts. Um, Supreme Court might decide this. It's going to go to Trump. Then all bunch of shenanigans will start. Some of the right wing, some of the left wing are saying shenanigans are starting. If all the shenanigans are starting, then we'll let y'all guys know. But in the next segment, we're going to talk about the networks and how they did and how they handled all of their situation as well. So... That's pretty much it for election day 2020 as of right now. Just to repeat on what we have right now, ABC, CBS, NBC has Donald Trump at 213, while they have Biden at 225, 224. Some of them have 239 as the AP, but that is going to get overturned in Arizona. It's still too close to call. Population still. By population, Biden is leading by at least two down two million three hundred vote three hundred thousand votes. States right now out of fifty states, um, Trump still has twenty two. Biden has nineteen. Overall state count is still twenty four twenty three. They might call Georgia right now for Trump, so it might be twenty five twenty three now. The differential right now is one in the state side, but if plus the ones that he's leaning in, and then it will be the states one out of fifty twenty three out of nineteen, and the differential will be plus three minus three on that side as well. The House is going to retain, but they didn't get a lot of seats. The Senate is going to go to the Republicans, and they didn't lose. And they gained one seat, they lost one seat. The governorships are going to be Republican heavy for now, even though a couple seats went to the Democrats. We'll be back with more of this election special right after this on Beyond This Earth. Beyond This Earth will continue right after these messages. We now return you to Beyond This Earth. Hello folks, this is Novid Hollerbeck from Beyond This Earth. We are continuing the election coverage on this special election episode. Just want to give an update so far on the election. I had to split up the electrical college and the votes for the House, Senate, and governorships between the AP, which is what Fox News was using and others were using from the main networks, which use a different source. So in that particular sense, I'm just going to update the electrical electric electoral college numbers. So far, 
Donald Trump as the same number in the AP and the same number for CBS, NBC, ABC, and others at 214. The difference between the AP numbers and the other numbers is that Biden is at 264 because they have given him Arizona, whereas 253, they have not given him Arizona on CBS, ABC, and NBC. Depending on that, the states that are leading, Trump is leading by 25 to 22 from the states, both leaning and non-leading. Population is that Biden has won the population of the votes by 72 million to 68 million for Trump. States won out of 50, 22 to 20. Trump won more states. The differential between the states that are leaning towards him and the states that he already won is plus three. For Biden, it is plus two. So far for the House. The, represent, the Republicans have 190 for the AP, 209 for CBS, NBC, and ABC. The Democrats at 226, they have given them the race. ABC and NBC has given them the race. However, the AP are not giving them the race for the House of Representatives. They're only at 208. Concerning the senators, the AP has them in a dead heat between the Republicans and the Democrats, whereas CBS, ABC, and NBC has the Republicans at 48, the Democrats at 47. The governorships have changed. The AP numbers are the only numbers I have at the moment. The Democrats have won 25 seats, while the Republicans have won 27. They have a commanding lead in the governorships at this time. Now, let's go with the review of what we have seen in the media when it came to each of the networks. And we'll use some of the Spanish networks, some of the international networks. But I want to focus on the network's main broadcast networks, Fox, ABC, CBS, and NBC. They had new songs. Most of them did. Um, CBS had a new set, which was the former TRL set for, you know, Total Request Live, hosted by Carson Daly back in the 1990s. And so they changed the setup for the new set. It's similar to the setup they had for Studio 57 back in the 2016 period in that election. With that being said, I think Nora O'Donnell was just trying to get things on an even keel and said, I put these votes down, this, that, and the other thing. Um, it was too spacious, but obviously it's because of the coronavirus. There wasn't more people there. There wasn't any sort of, you know, more people doing the typing and uh, everybody going around and changing the stuff statues there they would have put more stuff there what i am very disappointed in the set design of all of these particular entities especially during a coronavirus era is that i want to say uh, and they used to do this in the old days i want the set to either to become more spacious in the sense that everybody is working on all the other ends and I want some sort of lift 
that the set is lifted above um, the, the numbers so everybody can come in, phone numbers come in, they have a place to put their cell phone, that sort of thing. I dislike the whole plexiglass set movement. It is um, an anathema. It is absolutely atrocious. It is, it is wasted space. I don't like wasted space, especially when we is concerning the president of the United States, who is one who has been given the title of leader of the free world. And being that as a network, as in particular, and, as, and especially when it comes to aesthetics, news organizations, the whole nine yards of it, this is the most important day in a news organization Every four years, this is the most important day for the news organization. So one of the things that they did better in the 1960s and the 1970s is that they had whole placards of votes on the side because they couldn't use computer systems. Yeah, they had computer systems. They had Univacs there, but they had whole placards of all the votes going around, okay? Another way they could have done this, and I think they need to do this in the future, especially with all the theaters having some issues, they could have just asked the theaters, we'll give you some money, we'll build a set, we'll make it a large enough set, everybody will have a screen there and all a touch screen, and then they just do the touch screen there, and they don't have to spend a lot of money on the GFX and all the rest of these things. I am not necessarily a huge fan of AR technology, especially when the AR technology is at least five, 10 years behind of what we have with VR technology, computer graphics technology, even video game graphics at that particular aspect. I am not a fan of that AR technology, but AR technology was not the offense here. The offense is how the set was set up. I don't like the glass sets. You need to build either a wooden set or a glass set that has everybody there on that place where they can do their job, where they can do the job and just tell the results. Um, A problem with this is that Nora O'Donnell and... Um, and George Stephanopoulos and the other anchors there, he has been doing it for the last couple of years. I feel as though the George Stephanopoulos is a little bit better on whether if it's right or wrong is a little bit better, but I think it is now time to give, um, David Muir more of the big, he needs to become the lead anchor of ABC News, period. That's why I felt as though the ABC one was not necessarily catastrophic in the sense that no, the programming was fine, the way they did the election was fine, but in my assertion, there needs to be one main dude, and the main dude should be um, David Muir. It's time. He's 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 reached the age. I'm not saying that George didn't do a good job, but you gotta understand, George is George. He went through. George is George. He is good in the mornings. 
He is lead anchor, special reports guy. It is now time for David Moore to take up his to take up the mantle and to, and become the full lead anchor. Because I don't like this whole separation of anchor stuff. It is not good for the news organization. The news organization would be one of the best in the world if David Muir was the lead face. He's not the lead face. Joseph and off of the day still share the face because they have focused on mornings and not at nights. And that is a anathema to me. I don't mind the set. The set need to they all of them need to be elevated. The whole thing needs to be elevated. They need to figure out how to build sort of a somewhat of a plexiglass setup or plexiglass wood setup, whereas everybody is together. They know where to sit. Even if they got to put specialized cameras on the side there where they have all the um, um, plexiglass, not the plexiglass, the places where they have the the script, where they will read some parts of the script or all these other things. I do not like this whole split, all these other things. I absolutely dislike it on, on his face. The way they built their sets is absolutely plumb stupid. It's just bonkers. It's no epicness. It's no nothing. It's just bullcrap. I hate it all. I just hate it. Fox News was a little bit better, but they also had some stupid bullshit. MSNBC used the um, Nightly U set, which is based in New York, whereas um, Brian Williams on one side and the other females of the three major shows is on the other side. Didn't like that as well. Too much to split. I understand it's coronavirus, but it's the, the when the 2024 election comes around, they need to stop doing that. They need to make it elevated. They need to either make it elevated or circular togetherness in a, in a sense where there's some sort of elevation because this is the president of the United States. The electoral college is going to vote in and all y'all doing is putting this separateness, this glass, this fakeness, this Apple S bullshit that don't work. Look at the set design that they do in the Japanese, um, in the Japanese when they're doing their elections or they're doing all these other things. They're the way they do it and the way they handle it is much more, it's much better than they did with the with the Americans recently as of late. Um, I can understand that, oh, they wanted to get away from all these other things they used to do. Even when CBS was just doing their elections from the main headquarters, they set it up in a way where everybody got a chance to speak and it was elevated. Look, you just need like six feet, six feet, just a couple of steps. You need to put them nearly together. You need to do. You gotta think outside the box for that one. Um, as for the anchors overall, I already told you about George Stephanopoulos. He was fine, but it's time for David Moore to take up the reins. He's the lead. He has the most watched um, 
um, uh, uh, nightly news of them now. But because of that, I give the edge to Lester Holt. I think that Noah O'Donnell is not anywhere professional. I think she never was professional. I think that the greatest tragedy of 2020 is that Scott Pelley was nowhere to be seen. I think he did a fantastic job in 2016. I think a lot of people are going to look back at 2016 and begin to realize after we see what happened in 2020 that the Scott Pelley was the uh, upper class in, in that coverage of the election, both in 2012 and 2016. I begin to realize that it, it, with the Fox one, the Fox one was a little bit underrated on that sense, but I feel as though the way they counted this election and the way they supported AP, even though AP has been centrist for a while, but it's leaning towards, some say is leaning towards liberal. I'm not saying it because we're not, we're getting so much information right now concerning about the count, why everybody's delayed the count, we can't keep working, all these particular BS that they're telling us right now. But right now, both uh, uh, those that are using the AP ones, we're not going to try and put any sort of blame on it. They made that decision weeks and weeks ago, so we're not going to put any blame on it. But as of right now, when it came to coverage, I felt that you can see that the money is in Fox and ABC. NBC was okay, but I did not like the way they used it today. Shit, there they were the worst set of out out of all of them. CBS tried, but they were just fucking stale. I felt the Fox set was a little bit better, even though they were using the set they used for Thursday Night Football. I thought that one was a little bit better. I thought the NBC one, the ABC one they were using for the last several years is the better one they have for the rest of the country. I give some props to Telemundo. They tried to make it a little bit more closer and they used their Miami set. I think their one was a little bit better than some of the English speaking networks, which is uh, 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 somewhat of a, a slide slap to the main network there. I think they could, I think ultimately they need to, if they don't have no space in New York, and they can't build any space. They have two buildings in Philadelphia. They can build it over there. They got space. I'm not saying they would use it, but they got space. I'm not saying that they won't do it. I think they have I think the place they have in Philadelphia with um with the Robert Center there, if they can get rid of some of the seating there and raise it up and do the same thing they used to do back in the past, I think it will be a fantastic looking set there. But that's up to Comcast to do that. But I think the Telemundo set was pretty good. Um, the one for News Nation, they were using their own, their, the set they were using for News Nation. I'm not surprised on all of that. I don't believe it was that. I did for the introductions. I don't like none of the music CBS used. It was just, I don't know. It was uh, like, it was dull. It was absolutely dull. You need to have music. This is the president of the United States. This is where the future of mankind, if for the next 20, 
dirty years as we're now seeing it now with what happened with Bush v. Gore in 2000. What happened in 2000 has affected us now 20 years later with Trump and Biden. It's now the same thing over again. So you got to have all these productions in. All the production entities, I understand it's coronavirus and the rest of these things. This is this was just music was bad. I think their GFX for CBS was like, folks, I don't want minimalism when it comes to the president of the United States. You're gonna have to put all the 3D graphics every fucking goddamn place, every fucking goddamn where. This is the president of the United States. Are you bullshitting yourselves now? I think Fox did it better with the way they handled the pre- with the way they handled their uh, uh, their CGI and their graphics packages because they try to use the same thing there. That next one would be um, NBC, but. They they wanted to go more Spartan like, uh, a little bit more. CBS was just all over the place. I didn't like it. You changed your um music again for the third time for the uh, uh, election coverage. It's it's just a madhouse. I thought their 2016 coverage was way 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 better than their 2020 coverage for CBS by leaps and bounds. Way better than their 2016. 2020 coverage. It was just, I think CBS's one was just atrocious. The ratings showcased that they need to rebuild their whole uh, news division from ship to stern when this thing ends, either on the fifth or after this. After we finish all these recordings and put it all together, we will have we will know who the president of the United States is, and it's going to be more craziness, more shenanigans, more of all the rest of it. Um, who had the best introduction there? Here's the surprise. The News Nation had the best introduction. That's how you introduced for the first time, but I didn't like how they entered to the next part. That wasn't good. They can improve on that. This is why I said y'all got to work on them 3D. It's, we, we have been in the HD era for 20 years. They're starting to get an idea of how to use the 3D technology and the CGI and all the FX in the HD technologies. We're heading towards 4K. Y'all got to keep using that 3D, that CGI, all of it. It's time. It's no time for this minimalism bullshit. PBS is one, not good, not good. Their ones were not good. So the only one they had for the best introduction was News Nation, which is absolutely crazy to me because all the other networks have billions of dollars, billions of dollars, and the introductions for them was almost lifeless. You got to be kidding me, folks. And News Nation don't even have the same types of ratings. And yet they did a bitter introduction to you. Y'all gotta be kidding yourselves, man. That's bull crap. That's bull crap. But as for right now, best coverage I will give to I will give the nod to a- ABC. Uh, but best anchor had to go to Lester Holt. Uh, oh, out of all of them, out of all of them, uh, CBS gets like D and F ranking ratings. DNF rankings, their set was the largest set 
out of all, well, not the, the second largest set out of all of them. They, they, it was just too spacious for me. You gotta have more tightness. You gotta have more epicness. You gotta have more gravitas. That's not gravitas. That's scary. This is not. A, oh, we we we're trying to make it look like an art studio. No, 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 no. This is the president of the United States. There's no fucking art studio. It's no fucking art studio. It's no fucking art studio. Or we want neoclassical this, that, and the other. If you're gonna get go neoclassical, put all the neoclassical stuff up. If you're gonna put neoclassical there, put the Roman columns and all the rest of it. It's presidential. It's gonna make it raise, raise the whole thing up. It's important. What y'all doing, man? What y'all doing? That's bullshit. That's bullshit. That's bullshit. But look, Lester Holt was good. Lester Holt was the best of the bunch because they split the the, uh, the thing on ABC there. Um, some the pundits, I, I, I will give the pundits to M ABC. The pundits there on ABC was fine. Fox was the Fox main network was fine. Um, cable channels were just nah, atrocious, atrocious, atrocious. Maybe Fox News main was all right, but <clears throat> the rest of them were just atrocious, atrocious all the way through, all the way through. They, they, they were just playing themselves. They were getting drunk. I hate all that shit. It's bullshit. It's just bullshit. But as for the main networks, that's the for there. Um, local stations did their own on the on the side. I don't have enough information about that, but uh, some of them did okay. Some of them may have not done okay. Some of them are still like going with the networks there. They might break a story or two about the count because they need the local stations to do that, to do the gumshoe work on that as the count is continuing. But as for me, um, local stations were doing fine. It, it, I think they had uh, some of them local stations. If you were watching them on the internet and whatnot, some of them had more gravitas than the national networks do, but because the national networks and have younger looking anchors at this particular time, especially on the CBS side, they might have had better gravitas on that. So that it, it is what it is. That being said, so again, we'll have an update at the end of the show uh, concerning what happened with the rest of the election. We'll be back. We're going to talk about the four years since 2016 and how it affected your host and his family and his friends and those that he deals with and work in all the other places, especially during the 2020 and the coronavirus and all of it, right after this on Beyond This Earth. Beyond This Earth will continue right after these messages. Beyond This Earth will continue right after these messages. Welcome back. The upcoming Teachable Moments episodes, episodes six and seven, dealing with Eve, and the other one dealing with socialism, which is related to two particular animated entries of note, will be available later on in the week as well. So as we continue, we have gone through four years of the hell of socialization 
and it seems to have come to a climax. As of right now, we will do it on the update in the upcoming segment. The socialized hell will turn into true hell for a lot of many conservatives. But I just want to go back and understand how all of this started. This all basically started over femininity and femininity as it was about to be seen in the 20th, 21st century as it reaches its 20th year of existence. Existence futile, if you want to put it in certain terms. But quite honestly, the craziness began much earlier. We have to go back to the 1970s to have some sort of understanding of what women and how women speak to each other and to everyone around. Federal government tried to bring more women into the police forces, the other forces as well. The armed services and many other places of note. And for a while, this seemed to not be a problem until the issues concerning with sexual harassment and exploitation started. It is from this exploitation that a narrative started to form. And it started to form that men have to change their ways and their behaviors around women but it seems that it doesn't mean much when the other side refuses to change their behaviors and ways around men. And it has become apparent to us that the four years of socialized hell has come from a basis of broken families trying to dictate to families that are whole on how to live life in this broken society of ours, which is going to be even more broken as the weeks and months ahead will attest. Attest to a greater weakness and a greater openness and a greater darkness that is to come. I feel no shame in saying that there is a disappointing factor in femininity today. That shame and that stupidity of shame would have belonged into a much younger life, or more teenage years, a more libido laden years, where every damn orifice in the world was open and become fresh and new. But as age comes and reality sets in, and the reality of reality starts to set in, You're no better than those that have come before, and you are no worse than those that will come after. It seems that humanity has made choices that has made sure that the womb that they have tried to fight off and to move forward from will come to encompass the rest of certain societies. It doesn't matter if it's video games, it doesn't matter if it's other entertainments, it doesn't matter if it is in politics, in society, and a whole manner of all these other things. 
We are a split nation not willing to reconcile our differences, not able to do the same, not able to become a United States of America, but willing to go with every single whim of every single corporation from the social media entities to the entities that decide who will live and die in when it comes to the police force, when it comes to other forces, such as our particular nationalities, our particular, the ethnic groups and their particular idiosyncrasies. There is a man, there is a woman, there is a child, but each can be split into many different forms, into many different places due to other men, other women, and other children not raised in the same way, not raised in the same cloth, not raised in a similar setting, and definitely not raised in the hopes and the dreams of a nation that is now divided beyond all repair. It is now time to realize that ultimately we are no longer a unified country. A unified country will not take about five days to decide a president. A unified nation will not take its time to figure out who voted and who didn't vote it. A unified country will not be using criminality in order to bring about a leader. We are now living in an age of darkness. So wonderfully predicted. So wonderfully encapsulated. By the many hymns of scripture, the many hymns of the Talmud and the Torah, the many precepts of the Quran, the many sutras of Buddhism, and the many other particulars in other nations and their histories and eschatologies. We need to accept this regardless of who or what ever happens to us it is our human fate to head into darkness in order to reach the true light the light of peace we will continue with more beyond this earth right after this beyond this earth will continue right after these messages Welcome back, folks. Final segment of today's episode, a very important episode for all of us here at Beyond This Earth. So let's get through some of the news items that have happened today as we are beginning to finish up with this particular very deeply controversial election that is, in my estimation, not over until the fat lady truly sings, but this fat lady is not Mrs. Abrams from Georgia. She can't sing, she definitely cannot write, and desperately needs to be in the DMV. Anyway, here are some of the news items that we missed throughout the week. Let's start with the rest of the world, shall we? 
In the United Kingdom, as it's going through another lockdown dealing with the coronavirus pandemic, Johnny Depp loses his case against the Sun, saying that the Sun said that the basic premise of their particular news item concerning Johnny Depp against Amber Heard was basically true, and the judge and the magistrate pretty much has supported their claims. Because of this announcement, Tom Warner has asked Johnny Depp to leave the film Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them. There was a school shooting over in Cameroon dealing with separatists trying to separate from the French-speaking country. The outdoor ceremony took place in a couple of weeks earlier, but it showed an outpouring of grief, but also anger that a conflict between both the separatists and the army has spiraled so far that a group of men with AK-47s could walk into a school and open fire discriminately. The killing was followed with the kidnapping of 11 teachers during raids over two schools. They were recently released. Regardless of who wins the election, and we are saying regardless, Reaching between the U.S. and China means that Washington will need Japan more than ever before, regardless of who wins this election, according to a foreign policy advisor to the new Prime Minister Yoshihai Suga. U.S. relations with Japan and East Asian policies are likely to become more important as China becomes more powerful, the former diplomat Kunihiko Mihake said in an interview Thursday. Sugar must tread a front line between Japan's only former military ally, the United States, and its biggest trade partner, China. Mr. Biden, a past proponent of engagement with Beijing, has adopted a more critical tone during the campaign and pledged to list allies in a coordinated effort to check China's rise. Trump has been more assertive with China than any other U.S. president in decades tightening tariffs on goods and moving to restricted access to key technologies. Suga is digging the visiting of the U.S. in January, the Manchester paper reported, while Chinese foreign minister Wang Wei might make a trip to Japan as soon as this month. So we'll have that little interesting thing of note in the upcoming months. Back to the U.K., there may be a 50-50 chance that a Brexit and Europe and Britain deal, a Britain-European Union deal, will be reached over the terms of Britain's exit from the bloc, the Internal Market Commissioner Gary Brenton said on Friday. We are extremely clear this is Brenton. He told France 2 Television on the conditions to the assets to our European market. Earlier in the week, both the EU's Brexit negotiator Michael Barrier, Barnier, and his UK counterpart David Frost stated that there are still major divergences between the two sides regarding the state of the Brexit talk. Sad news to report in the animal world as minks have been tested for COVID-19 and have come back positive. As part of that measure, Denmark has decided to call these minks and to burn the bodies to make sure that the virus do not spread to humans. A brand new red zone for Italy has been braced for a brand new fresh lockdown as anger rolls against the government accused of penalizing some reasons while being too lax towards others. At the city of Milan, groom reigned as the prestigious opera house was forced to cancel its opening night next month, and non-essential shops will serve their last customers before a lockdown to be set on Friday to affect over 16 million people.
Here are the recent coronavirus data coming from Johns Hopkins University. The world has confirmed nearly 50 million cases of the coronavirus. The United States leads the way with 9 million, followed by India, Brazil, Russia, France, Spain, Argentina, the United Kingdom at 1 million, Colombia, Mexico, Peru, Italy at 800,000. South Africa, Iran, Germany, Poland, Chile, Iraq, Belgium, Ukraine, Indonesia, Bangladesh, and the Czech Republic. Deaths all over the world are reaching 1 million people. The United States with the largest number at 239,000, followed by India, Brazil, Russia, France, Spain, Argentina, the United Kingdom, Mexico, Colombia, um, Peru, Italy, South Africa, Iran, Germany, Poland, Chile, Iraq, and Belgium. Of those recovered, 32 million have recovered around the world with the United States being in second place for recoveries. India being one of the largest recoveries at 7 million. Brazil at 5, Russia at 1 million, France at nearly um, as 126,000, Argentina at 1 million, and a couple of others have no such numbers of recoveries at that particular time. In the one space news that we have to report, we're here to mention that the space station is now 20 years old, and as well as they are starting tests for space at spaceship and the first test shall be beginning in the next couple of weeks so as we are ending the show today the presumptive winner of the election is joe biden believing to have won pennsylvania by a extremely close margin however i do expect a recount concerning that particular um uh, issue concerning that ele the election. So he has won by 273 votes, but depending on the selections there, um, we will have at least one or two recounts to be decided, especially in Pennsylvania. So the presumptive nominee, according to the AP and NBC, is Biden. He won the 23rd state, but Trump won 25 states, leaning towards him. Uh, but it might be that Biden had won 27 from Trump's 26. Um, in the other side, it's the population is obviously Biden. He has won by at least 75,000 to Trump's at least 70 million. The state's leaning towards him, 21 to 22. The differential was between between those states that are leaning towards Biden is around three uh, to Trump's plus four. House of Representatives and the Democrats are still locking a tight race. The senators still locking a tight race for the Democrats in there. Um, so we'll have more information as become available. This is not necessarily over yet. We will have another recount within the next couple of days. So the election is not truly over, but it is kind of disappointing to your host 
that it will take about five days to decide who has become the president of the United States, that they stopped the count three times over in certain counties in Pennsylvania where they have not done so in recent memory. And for this particular thing to be recounted five times, five times in the five days and have the offices closed within those five days is just a little bit off-putting to me. It's fine. It is what it is at this particular time. There will be more legal issues concerning that. Hopefully by the fourth, by the twelfth, they will make a decision on who has won the electors. But I suspect more shenanigans from there on in, so the election will not end today. It's not even close to over. Next week, we will continue with the election aftermath and we'll get from all that information on what where all the poll um, studies and ballot questions. We'll have that update as for that as well. We will continue with other particular things. We don't have much for episode eight, but we'll find something. There are a lot of things of important to talk about. Concerning episode eight, I'm hoping that we'll have the brand new um the brand new book concerning uh Roald Tomasi's book dealing with religion and the red pill. Hopefully will come out really, really soon so we can get to the specials and then we can do the other episodes in the upcoming days and weeks ahead. So we leave off with a couple of things to say that it is a very disappointing situation that uh, a nation of 330 million people will take on those six days to elect a leader, not even concerning that the leader may be not in his best of minds at this time and may not be in the highest of health. It's also disappointing to see a lot of your heroes and your friends um, turning much celebrating the end of an era, the four-year era, the four-year mistake, the four-year forgetfulness. But people will not forget this, and people will not memory hold this, although I will not hope for it. But um, I don't think that this thing is going to be particularly clear. I think it is a sad indictment on society as a whole that if I don't want to do that people didn't want to deal with the bullshit and the things that they will do to make sure that certain people will become leaders of a country is deeply disappointing for everyone here. So I feel as though as that we need to learn from these particular things and make the right decisions for not only oneself but for family or future family if one wants to wish it and to see the better things in life as outside of politics and outside of certain societies and how they handle their own way of living it has become apparent that human beings have to learn how to live by themselves and not necessarily worry about what other people do especially in the media, especially in other places as well. 
I think it is high time that as soon as we get this, this, the new book comes around, that we have a new richness and a new fullness of understanding where things were are of life are supposed to be at. And it didn't even matter if Trump have won. We still need to do this particular thing because we have to begin to realize that half of the society of this planet uh, believe in a certain way of living life that is ultimately detrimental not only to other people's lives, but ultimately to them their lives as well. And one of the things that people need to recognize in that aspect is that a certain amount of sadness has happened in our societies and a way of life is being moved towards to something where it will begin the subjugation of humanity, the final subjugation of humanity into a lab rat or a lab animal, which is not what the religions of the world wanted humanity to become as, but they will use aspects of other religions of the world especially Islam, unfortunately, in order to bring about the desecration and the destruction of other societies as well. Whereas there was a space for that religion and a space for Christianity and a space for Judaism, but all of that aspects are being used and amalgamated and combined into bringing about the destructions of humanity and human ingenuity and human freedom as a whole. So we need to consider that we may have to not necessarily move away from religion, not even to move away from older other eschatologies as well, but to make a unbelievable and radical idea that it is maybe very possible that our bodies that our intelligence of the body may have been interfered with and that the way we can solve a lot of our problems is through the working out, not just the pumping to a hertz, but the other intricacies of the body. And that may be one way to solve a lot of the issues concerning with the election concerning with how we deal with other people and concerning how we deal with life so thank you for listening to beyond this earth we'll be back with an all-new episode there will be two more teachable moments that will be available also on our plat also on the platforms of spotify apple podcasts and other places as well Hopefully next week will be maybe the final episode before we do the specials and we'll do a little bit of an introduction with the specials. We'll turn, we'll do some bonuses concerning what happened in the week. And however, wherever this election leads us towards, wherever the next four years lead us towards, we're going to be better people and going to be more honest people and we're going to be a people that, and, and a people and a persons and men that are full of true dignity and true justice and remind us that justice does not come from a pen. Justice does not only come from a pen, does not only come from words, but also come from actions, even when no one is there. Thank you for listening. This is Nolan Hallback. We'll see you guys next week on Beyond Deserve.
Beyond This Earth is a Garo Gothic production.